This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Melissa Moretti. And Melissa, today we have a great show. We have Gord McPherson of Elevate Development Corporation. Gord's been in the business probably for decades. And I'm not trying to age him. I'm just saying he's been in the industry for a long, long time. Started as a broker. Now on the development side, lots of great projects they have going. He tells us all about, shares his thoughts and opinions on what's going on in the market, what market they're exciting at. And they've also got some great assets, both you know in the BC interior, down here in the Lower Mainland and on Vancouver Island that Gord tells us all about. Great conversation. Corey, I hate to say this, yes, but I think something happened this week that was pretty exciting for you, and I care about you, so so I have to ask, how was Nickelback? How was, how was Nickelback? Did you go? I hope you went. There are certain things in life that will come up. Here we go. That will happen that you make sacrifices for for other people. Right. And Wednesday morning, my wife was terribly sick. And she, she couldn't take care of it. happened to be sick on the day well, of the to her, to her benefit, she, To her benefit, she was sick leading up to the Wednesday. But Wednesday was the peak. Right. She had, and, to, she had to make sure it was yeah, believable. Yeah. So Wednesday, she was unfortunately very, very sick uh-huh. and couldn't take care of our boys. So I had to drop the boys off at school. I had to work from home. Okay. I had to pick up the boys. And I had to give away my Nickelback tickets. No, you I, did not. I did not attend the show. Wow. You know yeah. what? This really, this yeah. speaks to your character. You are a, Honestly, a I, I woke up today and I, and I tell myself, I put my pants on one leg at a time. Okay. I'm taking it one step at a time right now All and right. I'm taking it one day at a time. But All I right. keep telling myself, I will get over this sometime between now and 2027. But I did not attend Nickelback in Vancouver. Wow. Well, you're you're yeah. on a Why do you see why do you seem very excited right now? Like you're taking <laughs> pleasure in my misery. A little bit. A yeah. little bit cuz I think you need to I think you need to explore other options, yeah. other did, avenues. Did you go to Nickelback? You know what? If you gave me tickets, if you called me and you said, "Melissa, I can't go. I have to give you these tickets." I would say, "Sorry, Corey, I have to vacuum underneath my bed. I can't oh. make it." Oh, okay, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But it, it's it's life-changing when you see Nickelback. I would put it up there for most people. Like if they ever got married or had kids, it's like right there side by side. Like that's what a Nickelback concert is. And I gave away the tickets. I unfortunately, I didn't attend. Gave away the tickets. to One of our team members who went, and I don't know if he's been to Nickelback before, but he was raving after. What so, a gift. so he was very excited for it. So no, I did not attend uh, Nickelback on Wednesday, unfortunately. All right, okay. But but here's the good thing. The good thing is they've probably got 25 more dates 
across North America. So I can now have an excuse to go fly and see them. There you go. Maybe they'll go to Calgary. Maybe they'll go to Calgary. Maybe they'll go to like Austin, Texas or sure. something like that. Make, make, make a weekend out of it. All right. Well, good luck with that, Corey. All right. Now that you're drowning in my misery and laughing at me that no yeah. one can see here. Uh, but without further ado, let's get to our interview today with Gord McPherson of Elevate Development. All right. Let's go. Enjoy, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. All right, so we're here today with Gord McPherson, partner at Elevate Development Corp. Gord, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Corey? Good, thanks. Well, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day today. We know you're really, really busy and we're thrilled to have you here. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and obviously the, the development company? Yeah, so Elevate was founded uh, in the early uh, 2010-ish. I put together a number of deals on my own before Elevate, um, and and I had a fortuitous golf game that was set up by a mutual friend where I got to meet the the Wubbs twins who uh, Matt and Jason Wubbs started Westland Insurance. Well, they didn't start Westland Insurance. They were uh, G2. So dad created a brilliant model. And they took uh, Westland into the stratosphere. And so they were looking at diversifying their own portfolio. And uh, and it just became a great situation where we started off talking about small deals. And actually, our first deal was their head office in South Surrey, which was about a $10, $12 million build. Wow. So we planned to start small, but we ended starting uh, much bigger than that. The nice thing with Elevate is we started off as uh, as a merchant developer or redeveloper where we would identify assets that had a value-add component to them, whether it's tenants below market or redevelopment potential, adding more density. We tended to stay away from the, the raw land sites, and uh, and over the years, we've done some of that, although I would suggest our best deals haven't, been, haven't involved raw land. But the nice thing that I always had was um, I never had to go out and raise capital. So the first couple of deals before I met uh, the Wubbs family was uh, was much more difficult where I had to rely on, on selling myself, selling the project. Um, in this particular case, once um, the Wubbs came in as, uh, as partners, I didn't have to raise that capital. The capital was always available. It more depended on picking the right opportunity and, uh, and seeing it through through the, the value-add process that uh, that we were going to take it through. Now, Gord, one thing that you had mentioned about your your early days in the broker side is you were in the office leasing business. And before we kind of dive into all the amazing projects and assets you guys have, I would love to just, just hear your thoughts on the post-pandemic office leasing market. And I, w- I will say you guys have a in my opinion, a prized asset located at Center Ice in downtown Victoria, the TD building there. Yes. I'd love to hear your thoughts as a broker who worked in that industry, but also now as a landlord who has a prized asset in a major city now. What are your thoughts on the post-pandemic office market? That's a good question. I I think from our standpoint, um, it's not a class that we're looking at growing. 
that being said, we've got no plans to uh, to sell the office, office asset that we do own. It's great, like you mentioned, Centerize. Centerize is always going to be Centerize, and I think those assets will prove uh, to be much more resilient long term. But I think the short answer is office is a class that we're staying away from. I wouldn't say we're staying away from it permanently, but I think that office is going to have to go through a process of reinventing itself. As we went into COVID, there was really this drive to maximize efficiency within office spaces. And everybody went with workstations and it was about fitting in more bodies into a smaller space and kind of work their efficiencies that way, which became the least ideal scenario once we went into COVID, because everybody was interested in distance and closing doors and separation. And so coming out of COVID, I think a lot of companies are having to figure out how important it is to have people physically, staff members physically in space. And I do think more and more employers that that we're dealing with or that we're talking to are planning on that being the case. But but maybe it's no longer a five-day work week. Maybe it's a three-day work week. And maybe it's more of a hoteling situation where people come and they just, they've got a desk for the day. They don't have that workstation or that office on a, on a permanent basis. And then the other factor is going to be as we move forward, what is parking arrangements going to be like? Office has always been among the highest requirement for parking per thousand, parking stalls per thousand square feet. And, and that just in, in today's day and age with the construction costs and the cost of land being what they are, developers are having to build less parking stalls. Municipalities and government authorities are actually also encouraging developers to build less stalls and put more emphasis on transit accessibility and, and other ways of getting staff, moving staff in mass from home to work back. That sort of thing. I can't agree with you more on the on the employer employee standpoint of it because I think it'd be very challenging thing for employers to maintain uh, retention of staff, corporate culture, all that stuff if everyone's working from home all the time. So I I definitely agree with you that I think there has to be some component of people coming back into the office, whether it be a couple days a week or whatever it is, hybrid models or whatever. But I think companies will suffer. I think long term if they don't have some sort of office component to it or staff getting together regularly to do it. One question I have for you from someone who, you know, I mean, your office is over here on the mainland street. I'm guessing from the office leasing component you did years and years ago was over here. How would have, have you seen an increase? Maybe it's lease rates, maybe it's occupancy, maybe it's interest in the Victoria office market, say during pandemic and post pandemic that maybe you saw before that. Did you, have you seen a shift where there's more interest in that market on the office leasing side than maybe what was, you know, pre pandemic? By no means would I put myself out as an expert. I mean, we certainly have regular contact and dialogue with the brokers that are in that market. I think Victoria's a bit of a different animal because there's buildings, more modern buildings that have been designed to accommodate government uses because it's really been driven by their office market's been driven by the government uses. Um, and it's it has evolved. There's there is much more growing demand on or there has been much more growing demand on the tech side. So I know that it's been growing as a as a tech, and and that's really comes down to livability. I mean, anybody that spent much time in Victoria will find it's got the mildest climate, it's got great restaurants and great things to do. It, it really is a fun city, and I think that would enamor itself to uh, to the younger workforce, which inevitably is who these tech companies are hiring. So 
I think that they're the drivers. There, there's simply been a, a move up in rates that we've experienced just with with our project because it was a market that had been, and most office markets had kind of been at a stable level for a number of years, and and they there was only one way that they could move because they're simply demand going into COVID outstrips supply. And so a lot of these places, um, Victoria included, were dealing with historically low vacancy rates. And even during COVID, the rates didn't spike up that much. And, and a lot of that would be a, it's a market that's insulated by government users that haven't really been giving back a ton of space. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we've been seeing a lot of movement. When, when I used to do office leasing in the Valley, a foot net were great rates. Those same spaces are now leasing in the low twenties. So, and, and that's all happened in the last call it six, seven, eight years. Now you guys are from a a project standpoint, you've got holdings in the Fraser Valley. You've got stuff in the BC interior, Vancouver Island, as we mentioned and stuff like that. You have a tremendous project, a very large project out in mission there that has a commercial component and a residential component I'm curious, during the pandemic, was there an increase in interest in a project like that because of the livability where people are looking to get more value for their dollar and get into smaller communities, maybe further out from their workplace? Did you guys see a drive of that at all? It was it, it was a very interesting project for us because I, I believed in the market. It seemed like a total no-brainer to develop in, in Mission because we'd seen huge development in in the deeper valley in in Abbotsford across the river in in Maple Ridge you'd seen lots of new apartment buildings being built as uh, as and and I'm talking condo apartment buildings for sale and these projects were pre-selling out and uh, and doing great business and yet we built mission or we 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 entered the market in selling condos in mission and mission was was a market that when we hit the market in 2000, I want to say 2017, we were the first new apartment building for condo purposes built since 2001. Wow. So everyone else was booming, and yet Mission was like this sleepy area that, that everybody knew was there, but it really, it wasn't part of the Fraser Valley, and it it, uh, it, it just didn't, didn't feel like it, it was. And yet Mission has a lot of similar dynamics to it, to Squamish. Now, it doesn't have the proximity to Whistler, which I'll give you, but uh, they've got Sasquatch Ski Mountain. They've got Golden Ears Park. uh, They've got lakes. They've got the the river. They've got all this other cool stuff to do. So for for the millennials that that are about the whole work-life balance, it makes a ton of sense. And you've got the West Coast Express, which you can have a job downtown, and yet you can live in an affordable community. So it was uh, it, it was definitely a learning process for us. I can't say that we're going to rush to do another condo project, but uh, but it was it was great because we're huge fans of the village format. The park your car on Friday evening and not have to use it again until you have to go back to work on Monday where you can you can walk to your shopping, to your restaurants. Everything you need is is right there and is a short walk uh, short walk into it. And we've even taken a residential component in Mission. Um, we're building a, uh, an elevator that becomes a connector for them right into the shopping center, so they can access grocery and and uh, and restaurants right right 
right effectively in their basement. And for the listeners, can you elaborate on just the scope and the size of that project for them? Yeah, it's about 100,000 square feet of commercial and 130 apartment units in two buildings. And for the apartments, they, they were strata sales, correct? The apartments were all strata sales. And in fact, there was a, a ground level commercial component at the bottom of the uh, the apartment building. And those were, were strata condos, commercial strata condos. And then when, from and did, you know, you launched it, what, 2017, you mentioned there? Did you see it? an increase in activity maybe on the commercial side or the leasing side, you know, coming out of the pandemic now that there's been a population shift, it feel like? Yeah, COVID created the shift for us, actually, because initially the plan was that the site was going to be anchored. And I think as time progressed, we realized that anchor isn't really the right word, but there was supposed to be a casino on the property. And with COVID, with uh, with casinos being the first affected by the COVID shutdown, they had to pull back, and uh, and so what was going to be the, the the key piece of our development at Outlook Village, they were gone. And our first goal at that point was to try and backfill that space or that user with a food anchor because it's uh, it's a favorite of ours. Um, the uh, the food anchor proved to be unbelievably sustainable through COVID. And that really endeared it as uh, as as a logical anchor for for our site. And at that point, we were able to identify and put together a deal with Co-op to uh, they acquired what was going to be the casino property. And as soon as word got out that that was the case, everything shifted. We went from retail lease rates um, in the mid to upper twenties. Now we were high thirties, low forties. Wow! So it was a game changer for the entire development. The interest. We, we had our choice of which fast food chicken group to go with and Asian cuisine. And it, uh, it just, it really took off from there. And the big groups, the groups that pay the, the greatest rents, um, in our experience, are your quick service restaurants, or as we call them, QSRs. They, they all came to play at that point. And it was amazing that Mission was on the map all of a sudden. So it, uh, a lot of these groups weren't thinking about it. There was one shopping center that they that they were all typically going to, but that shopping center started dealing with exclusivity issues and and they couldn't accommodate a lot of these groups. So we we went from uh, um, from being the the, the leper to the uh, the queen at the ball. So shifting gears a little bit, you guys have an exciting project coming up in Vancouver on Oak and Forty Ninth. Can you tell us a little yes. bit more about that? Yeah, so we we had purchased a site years ago um, in Burnaby at Austin and North Road, right at the Burnaby Coquitlam border, and uh, and at that point we had purchased the site from Seven Eleven out of Dallas, and we went through due diligence on it, and we very quickly realized that it's almost one of these "be careful what you wish for" scenarios. When we had our first meeting with the city of Burnaby, they told us that the building qualified for an FSR and FAR, which uh, which translated to every FSR that you get. So say three FSR, you get to build three square feet of building for every one square feet square foot of land that you have. So from our standpoint, we were more valley builders and our bigger projects had sort of a two and a half to three and a half FSR. And we went and met with Burnaby and they said, okay, this is a tower site right across from SkyTrain. We're going to start at 13. We just about fell out of our chairs and realized that, uh, that 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 put this project into the hundreds of millions of dollars. 
So we uh, we ended up selling the site, but through that relationship with 7-Eleven, they brought us a different site, um, and that site happened to be the uh, the the SO at the southwest corner of Oak and 49th, and uh, and so we uh, we acquired the site. We're just about to go to the city with design, but we're very excited about the design. It features a two-story podium with the residential tower above. The city's focused on it being rental inventory, so they will be rental apartments. And we, again, are able to tie in this village format where the lower two levels, we're able to do a grocery store on the ground floor. So we're, we're going to go through the process of identifying the right group for that. And uh, and we've already secured a daycare to take the whole second floor. So again, the concept of of families being able to go in, rent apartments that uh, that we believe we've we've uh, we've come up with designs that are are very right sized for the market, where they're efficient efficient designs that still allow a high livability factor, where you can still fit in king size beds, and you and, and you've got a patio that you can go out on and. Uh, and yeah, and, and you don't have to get up very high at Oakland 49th to get views of downtown and the North Shore Mountains um, or south over uh, over Richmond uh, and, and facing the airport as well. Well, I'm surprised 7-Eleven still talks to you after you stole the site from them in Burnaby, <laughs> probably for what you paid for what you got. So that was that's a pretty good relationship you got there. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, we, uh, we, 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 we have the benefit, like I said, of having the partners that I have. We're able to be very mobile. And for a group like 7-Eleven, they're looking for certainty. Yeah. Um, so when when they des- decide they want to dispose of an asset, they want to know that they're dealing with a group that uh, that can work with them. And uh, both Burnaby and this site at Oakland 49th have environmental concerns. Both of them have gas stations on the property. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that we were able to wrap our heads around the uh, the risk um, and remediation process really does enamor 7-Eleven to, to working with a group like ours that that can make quick decisions and uh, and has a history of, uh, of closing on, on purchase. So you've been in this industry, started off as a broker. Now you're in the development side of the business. You've been around. You've seen lots of cycles through this industry. Where are we right now, in your opinion, and where do you think we end up in the next year or two? Obviously, we still have inflation issues. We're coming out of the pandemic. We've got you know, interest rates, which feel like they just don't stop going up. What is your take on what's happening? Do you think we could maybe loop in the governor of the Bank of Canada on our phone call? Uh, we, try, we tried him earlier. He wouldn't take it. But just so you know, everything you say here, we <laughs> fact check and we hold you to. So there's no predictions that are, don't go unclear. Yeah, that's such a driver right now. I mean, we're really not looking. We, we, we are looking at adding good quality assets, we'll call them value-add assets, where we can go in and, and do some lifting and, and add value in the property and keep it long-term. But we're just not seeing those opportunities in the lower mainland right now. So I, I think from our standpoint and our experience, the the cap rates, the capitalization rates or yield that owners of real estate in the lower mainland are looking at are very sticky. They're, they're, they haven't moved like the interest rates have moved. So in, in a perfect world, you want there to be your yields to be above the cost of borrowing funds. And in this current environment, we're just not seeing those those sorts of opportunities. So I think from our standpoint, we need to figure out when our interest rates going to peak out. And your crystal ball is as good as mine, Corey. But I think every indication we have is if we don't see another quarter point bump in July, we're going to see it in uh, 
in September. Yeah. And the goal or the hope is that that's going to be the top and that uh, uh, we then go into a long waiting period, which could be as much as a year before we, we start to see a relaxation. But most of the, the, the contacts that we have on the banking side um, are fairly confident that by the time we're into 2025, that we should be back into or hope to be back into a normalized interest rate range of, say, four to five percent, as opposed to where we're at right now on the commercial side, where you're in the low to mid six percent range for uh, for conventional debt. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I think I think we've been we've been kind of echoed the same thing from a lot of people we talk to. And uh, and I think we talked a lot, a lot about this on the show about how if you are acquiring assets right now in this environment, they've got to have a clear path to a value add or something to that effect that you can get revenues up because the, the, the interest rates just don't make sense with the cap rates. You mentioned there that it's tough to find stuff in the lower mainland here. You guys have great assets outside of the lower mainland. What markets are you guys excited about or where are you guys particularly looking right now, all things considered in the market conditions we're in? We like the interior. We like uh, we like Vancouver Island, but quite frankly, that the market that probably has us most excited right now is Calgary. We're also looking in Edmonton. We prefer to be in primary investment markets. We have gone and we'll look at secondary markets. But uh, but from our standpoint, we, we really like what we see in Calgary. We found that Calgary, from an investment standpoint, has been responsive to the move in interest rates. So you are still finding a lot of opportunities in Calgary. You've got, it's one of the fastest growing cities in Canada, and uh, it's resilient. It, uh, they took it on the chin with, uh, with oil, but really, they, uh, they get up every morning and uh and 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 they work hard and so it's uh yeah we 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 like it for so many metrics well educated young average population growing it uh, it kicks off a lot of the metrics that we're looking at but but most importantly from an investment standpoint we're able to look at a positive correlation between lending rates and uh and and yield or cap rates is there any specific asset classes over there that you guys are focused in on or any specific areas within the Calgary area? I know one area, like the industrial area that a lot of people talk about is Balzac outside of the yeah. ring roads there. Is there any particular asset class or area you guys like? I think we're the same as most of the astute developers that we're talking to right now. That uh, that industrial, again, because it proved to be such a resilient class through COVID, is at the top of everybody's wish list. Um, so I would say that industrial, industrial and food anchor would would be our our favorite two choices for sure. If uh, if if we had to had to put our finger on uh, on on just a few, so I, I think that those are yeah, and, and and emerging markets like Balzac absolutely would be on our radar. We we just saw an asset, or we're looking at an asset in there uh, just yesterday. Gord, we know we know you're, you're tight for time here, and we appreciate you taking it. But before we let you go, we have our six pack of lighthearted questions. We ask all of our guests. Do you have a few more minutes for us? Of course. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, Gord, first question up. Favorite vacation spot when you find the time? Has to be Maui. Kihei. Oh, Kihei. 
and Maui. Maui, Maui come up a few times on the show. Hmm. It's good, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Good beaches. So unfortunately, you found yourself on death row. What's your last Ooh. meal? That's a good question. I, I'd be torn on a couple, but I think I would have to. During COVID, we were, uh, or I was, uh, my eyes were opened to omakase. I don't know if either of you have. Uh, no, no, tell us about it. No, tell us about it. So omakase is, uh, it's, it's a Japanese prepared dish where I think the term converted to Japanese is, I leave it up to you, where you put your, uh, your, your taste buds in the hands of, uh, of, of a, a Japanese chef and they, they bring out individual specifically catered items. I had no idea what I was eating, but everything that I put in my <laughs> mouth was just unbelievable. Now, is there a certain restaurant that you went to that you found this at? You know what? I'd have to look up the name of it, but it was, uh, it was on Granville street okay. and, uh, okay. and yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. Sounds great. Well, add to the list favorite band or musician. It's a little cliche, Corey, but uh, I've I've got to go with you too. You too. Well, that's great. Great choice. Yeah, I, I've I've grown up with them. So I, I mean, when I hear "With or Without You," I just I go right back to being a kid again and uh, and listening to it. And yeah, love you too. I'll second that choice. Good choice. Awesome. All right. What's one book you recommend all of our listeners read? I am not a huge reader. I love audiobooks. Uh, but I would absolutely recommend The Richest Man in Babylon. I know that there's been a lot of books that came out after it, but the message is, is still the same. It's compound interest, the benefits of compound interest, but it's done, it's done in a very playful, biblical-style format. That uh, um, Not that I'm getting religious here, but it, it goes back to biblical times. And, uh, and it's just about how the richest man in Babylon came to be the richest man. And he was self-made. And, uh, and, and it's just a very playful format. Interesting. Interesting one. I don't think we've had that one before. No. No. We'll have to add that to the list. Uh, number five, Gord, you might have already answered this, but you're sitting in a bar. You've had a few drinks. Someone throws a karaoke mic in front of you. What song are you singing? Corey, I need to apologize. It's not Nickelback. No, oh, you know what? I, my <laughs> fingers have been my fingers have been crossed here, Gord, waiting for you to say. Like, you know what? Though? How you remind me. You know me? what? Though, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to disappoint you. Okay, I, go ahead. I'm going to go with "Every Rose Has Its Thorn" by Poison. Oh, that that's a great choice. I'll, I'll second that choice again. We have you two. We have some poison. But I'm not going to break. I'm not going to break into song unless tequila's involved, though. <laughs> all right. Well, what we're going to do, Gord, is to celebrate all every guest we have on the podcast. We take them out for drinks and tequila, and we secretly turn on the uh, recorder on the phone. So we'll get we'll get you before it is before the day's over. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Last question: What's something you've spent fifteen hundred dollars or less on that has made a positive impact on your life? You know, what? I'm going to make this easy because it was actually a hundred bucks, okay. oh. and that is. One of my favorite things to do is uh, I've gotten into this whole cold plunge thing where uh, yes. a couple friends and yeah. I go and jump in the river at 30 foot in Lynn Valley. And the $100 money that I spent was on water shoes. Oh, okay. Because okay. It's, it's quite rocky down there. And, uh, and it is magic to not have to wince at every step as we get in and out of the, uh, the river. Right. And are, are they insulated at all? Because I know that's the first thing that goes when you're in a cold plunge is your toes start to... 
Yes. Not a lot is insulated, but my feet are. There you go. Oh, it's, I know a few people that do the cold plunge thing that swear by it. They it's amazing. Yeah. You've, you've obviously done it, Melissa? I have. There you go. There's your answer there. Gord, how can our listeners find out more about yourself and Elevate Developments and all the great projects you guys have going on? Uh, they can reach out to me on email, gordon at elevatecorp, C-O-R-P is in people, .ca. Excellent. Well, Gord, well, once again, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy day to join us today. Tell us about all the projects you guys have going on and sharing your thoughts and opinions. Thanks, Gord. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Melissa. Take care. Thanks, Gord. Take care. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Gord McPherson. I thought it was great. His project at 49th and Oak there, like, you know, we, we've obviously talked about it, but I didn't realize the size of scope it was. Yeah. Could you imagine buying a site in Burnaby like he talks about, thinking potentially that you have a three, maybe a four FSR, and yeah. the city pretty much tells you you can build like almost 50 stories? Yeah. If there's not a moment in your business career that you back up a dump truck, to put all your money in, that is the moment there. That's the one. That is the moment. I'm surprised 7-Eleven called him after. Maybe Gord hasn't told him, told 7-Eleven what's happened to that site. Hey. Let's let's hope that 7-Eleven doesn't listen for Gord's <laughs> sake because they've already got more deals going on. Just the 7-Eleven, whoever they are. Yeah, the 7-Eleven. I think they're in Austin, Texas. And Nickelback, I looked no. up, is there like September 25th. It's a Saturday. All right. I could go down there on behalf of Gord, see if I can find him another property. Okay. And catch Nickelback. All right, Corey. All, All right. right. All right. All right. You've been laughing at me in my misery this whole time. So you want to get me off? I understand. <laughs> All right, Corey. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, people can reach out to us anytime at our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking at. And we'll do our best to find, uh, put you in touch with the best broker in the province. They can send me an email. Corey at williamwright.ca. Love talking real estate. Or they can visit our website, williamwright.ca. Sign up for the latest and greatest news. And for everyone who wants to sell their house in a multiple offer bid, Melissa, how can they get a hold of you? You can call me at 778-869-4477 or email me at melissa at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Another exciting episode next week. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.